listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. This topic, five reasons that I stopped watching the news. Now, I stopped this years ago. Um, Doesn't mean that I'm completely unaware of what's going on in the world. Uh, I'm not unaware of what's going on in the world. Um, But at the same time, there is never a time unless, you know, somebody's visiting our house uh, and and staying with us or, or just spending some time, maybe, you know, Carolyn's parents or others that are, that the news goes on my television ever. Uh, I never have the news on TV. I never have Fox News on, never have MSNBC. It's, it, it just never goes on in my house. Made that decision. Morning, Isaiah. Um, I made that decision. It's not that we just aren't interested. It's that we made, I made a decision to never have it on in my house. Um, and uh, I'm going to give you five reasons why I made that decision today, why you may want to consider making that decision. Um, Ninja said, I used to watch Check the News. If you're, if you are going to have something on in your house, that's what I would recommend. My cousin Jonathan does an excellent job with the Check the News program from a Pentecostal perspective. Uh, I'm going to tell you why I don't um, put on the news networks in my home today. Five reasons. Lenann's question, uh, quickly before we get started, for those of us who are already in the Bible study, it does continue. Uh, you do not need to re-enroll. You do not need to renew it will just continue on. We're, all we're doing is allowing other people to join us. But for those of us that are already in Bible study made simple, there's nothing you need to do. It just continues on and we'll be learning even more things as we move forward. We're going to get out of our uh, study of Galatians when we finish it, uh, which we're on a deep dive of Galatians right now. And then we're going to jump into different types of Bible studies, word studies, biographical character studies, doctrinal studies, things like that. But there's nothing you need to do if you're already in uh, Bible study made simple. It'll just continue teaching for you. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you these five. I want you to write them down. I'm going to give you scriptural reasons um, why I just don't put it on ever in my house. Um, and these will make sense to you as well. And, and listen, if you're someone who enjoys watching the news, I'm not doing this... Uh, video to vilify you or to condemn you. You know, if that's your thing, God bless you. It's not my thing. And I'm going to tell you why it's not my thing. Uh, So as we jump in, make some notes. And again, if we're putting in these uh, verses of scripture so that I don't have to stop teaching, uh, I'll mention them, but put them in the comments because people always ask, um, always ask, um, (laughs) what, what was that verse? What was that scripture? Please help them so that I don't have to stop the teaching to, to, re, uh, to re-go through it all. And that'll really help me. And if you're, uh, watching, um, if you're watching this on replay, you're not live with us right now, put in the comments, right in the comments, go into the comments and put hashtag replay tribe in the comments. Let us know you're watching this on the replay and thanks for joining us. All right. Um, number one, and this is, this is uh, foundational as to why I don't watch the news. Um, <clears throat> number one, people get so caught up with watching the news uh, 
and they let it become such a massive part of their life, but without truly thinking about this, and that is number one, I can't really change it. I can't really change the news. There's nothing that I'm going to do to change what's going on. So let me give you some context behind this one. Let me give you some context behind this. Because I know there's going to be people that will jump in the comments and be like, we're Christians, brother. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes everything. And and I know know there's going to be people, and I I understand that. You don't have to tell me that prayer changes things. Um, But look at it from a different perspective in the way that I'm looking at it. It's not that I don't believe prayer changes things. Of course it does. Of course it does. But again, there's a way to know what's going on in the world without leaving the news on in your home all the time. Uh, Just as a a show of hands in the comments, how many people uh, that are watching, either this used to be you, it's still you, or you know people like this, that when you go to their house, they just leave the news network on all the time. I mean, the TV's on in the home and the news, um, the news network is just always on in the home. I mean, how many of you know people like that? Or maybe that's you, or maybe that used to be you. It's just, it's on in the background, Fox news, uh, you know, whatever, whatever else, um, you know, Newsmax, whatever. Um, and it just stays on. It just stays on in the home all the time. Uh, I know lots of people like that, that that's just the way they, they leave it. There's way, there are ways to know what's going on in the world without doing that. You don't have to have the news on all the time in your home. So I'm not telling you that, you know, I'm not saying, well, you got to be an irresponsible person and just not know what's going on in the world. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I don't leave it on in my home. I don't even put it on anymore, period. But there are people who they just leave it on constantly. It's all, it's what they're hearing nonstop. It's what they're hearing nonstop. And then what happens? It consumes their thoughts. It consumes their life. So that, uh, and then go ahead and raise hands again if you know those type of people. And every time you get around them, it's the first thing they start talking about. Do you hear, do you hear what uh, President Biden said? Did you hear what what the Congress is getting ready to do? It's like the first thing, anytime you get around them, that's the first thing they're talking about. See what happened in Denver? Oh, you didn't hear what happened in Denver? Let me break it down for you because let me tell you something. All hell's breaking loose in Denver right now. It's like the first thing that they go to soon as you sit down with them, soon as you talk to them. And they're already, they launch into the news. Well, why is that? Because it's filled their heart. It's filled their heart. Isaiah said, my grandma's the exact person you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And there are lots of people like that. First thing they talk to you about. First thing. Oh, did you hear what's going on? Oh, you didn't hear what the governor of California said? You're going to freak out when I tell you this. I I mean, it's going to hell in a handbasket. It's like, this is the the first thing. And many, many times the only things that they talk about. And without thinking about the fact that you individually are not going to change it. You know, There are certain things. Now, the body of Christ is here to make a change. But I want you to understand how that happens. How does the body of Christ make a change? Well, yes, praying. Yes, praying. You pray for your leaders. You pray for your nation. You pray for what's going on in the world. But the real way that we're going to make change is by standing up as the body of Christ and taking action 
in the United States of America or in whatever nation that you're watching me from, like Peter's watching from Italy. So wherever you might be watching, we got people watching from Canada right now. It's going to be the body of Christ standing up to take action in their nation to affect change. Not sit, sitting around like, I just can't believe that what's going on in the world, it's going to hell in a handbasket around. And so when I say many of these things, think about the reports, right? Not just national news. What about the reports that are, that are uh, you know, going on regionally? 16 people murdered across towns. Like, you know, all these things, yes, it's sad. Yes, I hate to hear it, but it's happened. It's done. There's nothing I can do to change that. There's nothing I can do to change that. I can pray for the peace of their families, but I can't change it. So why am I filling myself? Why am I filling myself all day long with the news? And then that, that's when it even gets worse. Ninja says the view where it's not just the news. It's people that are truly anti-Christ and people that have an anti-Christ spirit that are basically just doing their anti-Christ commentary on the news, which is a total waste of time. Absolute waste of my day. It's, wa- it's a waste of my five minutes. I wouldn't spend five minutes listening to those foolish people. So I can't really change it. So why, why am I going to fill myself? Here's a better thing to say. Why instead would I not repurpose that time and fill myself with information that's going to help me make the change I can make, right? So, so let me give you an example of what that would look like. What if instead, you instead of leaving the news on, what if you left on Miracle Word Radio in your house? What if you turn the app on, whether that be on Alexa, on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever, what if you turn that on and left on preaching and teaching? That would just build your spirit, man, that would build your faith and prep you so the next time you talk to coworkers, what's in your spirit? The word of God. You're ready to either witness to them, pray for them, whatever it might be. And now you are affecting change in your generation. Now you are laying hands on people. You are winning people to Christ. Now you are bringing people to church. Now you are making disciples. And all you, all you changed was one thing. You change from filling yourself with the news to filling yourself with the word of God. You know, I I do want to say this. Your time is far too valuable to be wasted on things that don't have any eternal impact. You, when you start thinking of how important your life is, truly, there's my friend, Pastor Dave Rogers up in Maine. When you truly understand how important your life is, that God put you on this earth with a purpose and a call, put his anointing upon you. And you realize, you know what? Now that I know how important my life is, I'm not going to waste it with, as Pastor Dave said, the enemy's ad campaign. I'm not going to waste my time filling my mind, my heart, my spirit with uh, what's going on in the news and what they're saying to me. Instead, I'm going to hone this call, this gift, and this purpose that God's put on my life through prayer, through preaching and teaching, and through, uh, you know, uh, Bible study rather than the rest that's nonsensical and it's really a waste of time. And I'm going to sharpen myself to do the work that Jesus has called me to do. 
I'm going to sharpen myself to do the work that Jesus called me to do. So instead of, because of understanding, I can't really change what's going on personally, but I can change my own surroundings. I can change my loved ones. I can change my friends. I can change my coworkers. I can change those I come into contact with by the anointing that's upon my life. So why not take that time and develop your gift, develop your calling and your purpose and increase the release of anointing that's on your life. You don't have to increase the anointing that's on your life. You can, in fact, I'll, I'll say this, you cannot increase the anointing that's on your life because you have the Holy Spirit who is the anointing. So you, it's not like you can get more of the Holy Spirit. You either have him or you don't. And if you have him, then you have the anointing. It's about learning to release the anointing of God that's in your life and to yield yourself and manifest the presence of God that's in your life. Amen. So number one, I keep it turned off because I can't change it. So it's a waste of my time to focus on it. But number two, not only can I not change it, number two, it doesn't impact my daily life. So since it's, it's not anything that I need to know to impact my daily life, it's not going to impact my daily life. So why do I keep it on? So well, brother, it does impact your daily life. The things that are happening are affecting your bread baskets, affecting everything. Yeah, but what am I going to do? Other than what I just said, pray, step up to the plate, do what the Lord's called me to do. Did you hear gas prices are going up? They're either going to go up or not go up. But if I stay focused on my calling, my purpose, my giving my life in Christ, guess what? I'll always have more than enough. No matter what gas prices are, it won't matter. I don't even, do you know, I mean, I'm not saying this to brag, but like I'm talking about as a matter of uh, routine. I don't, I've never checked gas prices. I can't tell you what they are right now. I don't know. I honestly don't know. When I go to fill up, I don't look at the price. I know that I go to the one in the middle, whatever the one in the middle is, is the one I put in my car. And I don't, I don't know what the price is. I don't know the price of gas. I don't know what it is per gallon. I don't try to find the one in my town. Well, the one across town by the Walmart's got three cents cheaper gas. I don't look, I don't care. I go to the closest one. If my car goes to E, I go to whatever one's closest to my house and I fill it up. And I honestly could not tell you right now what gas is. I don't know. And I'm not saying that to make a point. I don't know. Because whatever it's going to be, I don't care. I'm going to pay it. I'm going to fill my truck. I don't even look, uh, you know, I don't even look at the, the final price other than I get real OCD about making sure it ends on an even number. <laughs> it really bothers me when it's like $106.03. That bothers me. So I get OCD about making sure it's like 103 on the dot or whatever it might be. But I don't, I'm not like looking for the final thing because it's a gas, you know, gas, did you know interest rates are going up? Yeah, but oh, so if you do what the Lord's called you to do, you'll always have more than enough. And what's going on in the world, not only do you not, you're not going to change what, what's going on. Number two, it's not going to impact your daily life. There's not one time that I've gone out and said, you know what? I don't know if you heard gas prices are, are way up, you know? So, okay. So they're way up. So what? It's not going to change me. I'm not going to stand, and I'm not going to stand around and talk about it with people. Did you hear gas? I mean, did you hear gas prices? I can't believe gas prices. I've never seen such a thing. I can't believe gas prices going over $4, $5. You know, I, who cares? They go up. I pay the money and keep on going with my day. I'm not going to let that, you know, and, and then you get people, and then you get pastors preaching about it. It's part of their message. Like, what a waste of time. 
What a waste of time. It's not going to impact my daily life. I'm not like, well, I used to fill my truck up, but now I'm going to go to like half half a tank at a time because that, the gas price is just too much. Okay. No, just keep doing what the Lord called you to do and you'll have more than enough. You hear these other things going on around your city, around the nation, but is it impacting your daily life? No. Did you hear what they did? Did you hear they did the Capitol? I don't know if you heard what happened in the Capitol, but I'm just, it's not impacting my daily life. I don't need to know. I don't care. I have too much going on in my life to care about the stuff that's going on in the news. I don't care. I honestly don't care. And so to sit around and think about it all the time and talk about it all the time, you know, it's, it's like the same way I feel about sports. I enjoy watching some sports. Like I enjoy watching soccer. I've been watching it this year. My team is on the top of the table, but I, even though I like, I like watching soccer, I, it's not consuming my day. I don't need to know the stats of every person on my team and be like, what did they do for the last five years? How many goals did they have? I mean, I don't care. I enjoy watching the games. I enjoy watching the team. It's not going to consume my life. Why? It doesn't impact my daily life. It doesn't impact my day. Did you hear what? You know, knowing what every person signed their contract for, how long their contract is for, you know, how many goals they had now last year, whatever team they came from, what the transfer fee was, you know, like, I may know some of it because I, I saw it or heard it in the commentary, but it doesn't impact my daily life. I don't care. I don't care. Why are we giving time to things that don't impact our daily life, our purpose, our calling? Why are we giving so much time to things that don't have any impact on us? And then what ends up happening is, is that these things, you allow them to have an impact on you and then they really do. So what happens? Let me give me an example. You're saying, well, here's an example. An example would be you leave the news on in your home and then you just constantly are hearing all of this uh, commentary about prices going up. And, you know, you know, then you hear gas prices are going up, interest rates are going up and then groceries are going to go up and we're not going to have enough of this. And, that. and then what happens to people that don't renew their mind with the word of God? They start getting worried. Oh, yeah, man, that's true. Yeah, prices are going up. I better go. I better go stock up. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have enough money. And I don't know. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. In the fall, there's supposed to be food shortages. And I, I don't. And then what happens? Now you're into anxiety. Now you're into fear. Which means you're not trusting God that He'll take care of you. And now you're stepping outside of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now you're stepping into worry. Now you're stepping into uh, depression right? And that's, that's exactly what I'm saying, John. It only impacts you if you let it, if you dwell on it. And so what are we doing? We're allowing that an entrance in entrance into our lives and then to affect us because we didn't guard our minds and hearts and we did not take control and, uh, renew our minds. And we didn't do what Paul told the Corinthians and take every thought captive that exalts itself. We take every thought captive and make it a prisoner, the Bible says. We make it a prisoner. And so it doesn't impact my daily life. I'm not going to. Yeah, that's right. Isaiah said, I'm going to eat just like those sparrows. If God takes care of them, how much more will he take care of those that he loves, his children? So it's not impacting our daily lives. Why are we allowing it to? Why are we allowing it to? I'm not going to talk about it and dwell on it and, and focus on it. It's not impacting. I, I don't know. I don't hear if murders are happening in my city, 
you know, and I pray for my city. I pray for my government. I pray for my leaders. But if murders are happening in my city, I don't hear about it. I don't have the news on. I don't know. Unless somebody were to come up and tell me, like, did you hear that there were like four people shot at the mall last night? No, I didn't. I did not hear that. Sad, but I didn't hear it because I don't keep that stuff on in my home. I don't keep it on in my home. It doesn't impact my daily life. I can't change it in, in that way and it doesn't impact my daily life. That's number two. Number three, the third thing to keep in mind, which is one of the reasons that I don't keep it turned on, is that most of it is contrived, right? That's number three. Most of the news is contrived or crafted, if you will. Let me say that to you. Now, if you don't understand that, it's time to wake up. Most of the news is contrived or crafted. It's handcrafted for a purpose. It's handcrafted. And if you don't believe that, just go on YouTube and watch those videos where they go across the nation and have the same words being repeated, same everything, I mean verbatim, by all of these news anchors across the nation of the United States of America. And they'll play them and they'll sync them in time and you'll hear them like robots, all saying the same words verbatim, not putting their own spin on it, no, no. here's what you tell the people and this is what you tell them verbatim. And that's what they're saying. That's proven. That's not like, that's not like a conspiracy theory. It's what, and then you see what's going on. Now think about this. If there are corporations, let me, let me give you a little rundown. If there were corporations that owned these news networks, which we know that they are conglomerates, this is not conspiracy theory. This is called logical thought. If there are corporations that own these news networks, and they are owned by corporations. Um, those corporations also have interests in other commodities and products, right? It's not just that, they're diversified. They have other interests in other commodities and other products. And if it's been proven, which it obviously has, that if certain things hit the news, it causes the people that are in this nation and other nations to go out and spend their money on certain things, which they do, and the conglomerates that own the news networks have interests in those other commodities, why would they not put a spin on the news that they know causes people to go spend money on their products? That's called logical thought, and of course they do that. Of course they do that. Purposely uh, drive fear and they manipulate the minds of people watching so that they'll do what they want them to do. There's no question about that. You know, when I used to live in Virginia Beach, and now I live here in Florida where it's also, there's hurricane season, and same with Virginia Beach being on the coast, there's hurricane season. And I can remember, I can remember that hurricane season comes around and then you start getting these big uh, uh, things, you're go- everything's going to be destroyed. Everything's going to be drenched. Everything's going to be, you know, we're going to have flooding, whatever that. And then all of a sudden you see that, what happens? People go out, you go to Walmart the day after that's on the news or the night after that's on the news. It looks like a ghost town. It looks like the zombie apocalypse hit Walmart and Costco and Sam's Club. It looks like the, I mean, every bit of uh, bottled water is gone, stored up water, 
all the canned food, all the, all the dehydrated, everything that you would need, butane, uh, propane, everything gone. I mean, it is gone. Looks like a ghost town. What happened? Everybody heard the same news report and ran out to get their stuff and just emptied the grocery stores and emptied Sam's Club. And I, I, mean, I mean, how many of you, put a, put a hand up if you've seen the same thing. And I see it time after time and then there's like a light sprinkling. Oh, it's actually gone down to a tropical storm. I mean, gone down. But it's not just with that. It's with all different types of things. All different types of news reports. And you tell me that it's not contrived. It's been proven to be handcrafted. It's proven to be handcrafted. And so I'm not dumb. I know that there are conglomerates that own these news networks that have that hold interests in the stock market, in other corporations. They have products that they're a part of. Why would they not do what they know makes people take action that will make them money? Of course they're going to do that. Anybody that doesn't believe that is extremely naive. Anybody that doesn't believe that is extremely naive. That's how it works. That is how populations are controlled. That's how the economy is controlled. They know. Listen, they have decades of research on what people spend money on in times of trouble. They know. They know where your money's going to go in times of stress, in times of trouble. So what do they do? They will begin to manufacture stress and trouble so that that money will more quickly go to those places. They will manufacture stress and trouble so that they can get your money into those places. So I don't allow my mind to be controlled by what is being said on the news, by the handcrafted, contrived reports that are coming through from people who own the news that want you to think a certain thing. I don't know if you know this, but take a guess. Who do you think is the godfather of modern marketing and propaganda? And even if you go to college and study marketing and study uh, the way that it affects the economy stuff, who would you, if you had to guess, who would you think is the godfather of modern marketing and PR? Put, put a name in the comments. That's right, Gina. That's exactly right. Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler is credited by many, uh, by many uh, of those who teach marketing, even in university today, as the godfather of modern-day marketing, which we called propaganda back then, propaganda, marketing, and PR, and did such a good job at it that he took nations by storm. Nations by storm. Why do you think they burned books Why do you think they had those massive incinerations right before World War II? And they were teaching the young people what they wanted them to know and learn. Why do you think he had a nation uh, completely behind him? People didn't question him, just jumped up and very few people questioned him. Do you you want to know something? The propaganda, this will blow your mind. The propaganda was so strong during Hitler's time that even Christians in Germany bought into Hitler's propaganda. In fact, I was reading um, Dr. Lester Sumrall's life story. And do you know what he said? He said that he was with Howard Carter in Germany doing um, 
Crusades in the late 1930s. It was like 1938-39, right before World War II hit, right before the invasion of Poland. And um, when they finished their revival in Germany, the, uh, the pastor that was hosting them there before they, they left said, now this is how much your offerings were for the week of revivals. He said, but I believe that you believe in our nation. They're like, yes, we believe in Germany. They said, and I know that you would really want to help our nation, wouldn't you? And they said, well, of course we want to help the nation of Germany. And, they, and the pastor, the pastor said to Dr. Summerall and Dr. Carter, then I think you should leave your, um, I think you should leave your offering behind for the Fuhrer's cause. And they were blown away. They, 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 they said, what? And he was referring obviously to Adolf Hitler. I think you should leave your offering behind for Hitler's cause, our Fuhrer's cause. They were blown away by that, that this pastor had placed his full faith in the Fuhrer. And this is like 1938, 1939. And um, actually was asking them to leave their full offering behind for the cause of the SS. I mean, think about that. Even Christians were buying in to the propaganda of that day. And there were a few that resisted like Bonhoeffer and others. But think about that, that it was so contrived. It was so handcrafted. It was so manipulative that even Christians were being deceived by it. And so the same thing is happening today. If you don't think that there are, there's propaganda going out today, you better believe there absolutely is. And I refuse to participate in the propaganda that's going out into our generation through the news networks. I refuse. And so I don't put it on, keep it on in my home. Now, again, let me just say, as we're going through this, that doesn't mean that I don't know what's happening. There are other ways that you can get the headlines and whatever through other than leaving on uh, the news networks in your home 24 seven. There's other ways you can get the headlines. There's other ways they can choose without just being force fed all day long through the news networks. For example, you could, you know, you could scroll a Twitter feed with a customized feed that you want and just take a look at the headlines as you're going through. But again, you don't have to let it go into your eyes and your ears all day long to know those things. And so it's contrived. And for that reason, I don't leave it on. Number four, the fourth reason that I do not uh, leave it on in my home. The reason that we don't watch it anymore or, or even have it on, we don't even put it on to check anything out. And that is number four, it's an evil report. I want you to put that in the comments. Number four, it's an evil report. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, obviously if I'm using that term, I'm referencing um, the book of Numbers. And of, of course, many of you have heard me preach on this before, that when the 12 spies came back from the promised land, they came back and gave a report to the assembly and to Moses about the promised land, right? So there were two news networks that came back from the promised land. There was the majority news network. There was the 10. We're not able to take the land. There's giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight. There's no way that we can do it. We're unable. So the Bible called that an evil report. 
Why was it an evil report? Because it contradicted the word of the almighty God. And because it was a contradiction of God's word, the Bible calls it evil. It was an evil report, a report of doubt and unbelief. But then if you changed the channel, you would have found that there was another news network that came back that said, we are well able to take the land. Let's go at once and take it. The giants are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them. Let's go right now. We're well able. That was a different channel. And obviously God honored that report and did not honor the others. But think about this. They were getting the news from those men. But what was driving the news of the 10? Doubt, unbelief, and fear. Doubt, unbelief, and fear. Doubt, unbelief, and fear. Same thing driving the news today. Doubt, unbelief, and fear. When was the last time you turned on a news network and sat there and watched it for a half an hour to an hour and your faith was built to another level? You thought, my God, this world is turning around. (laughs) When was the last time you turned on the news? And I don't care if it is Newsmax or Fox News or whatever else. When was the last time you turned the news on and your heart was filled with faith? And after that, you were done watching, like, my God, America's in revival. My Lord, America's turning around. I'm telling you, God's moving in this nation. When's the last time? You're not going to have her feel that way because they don't present that. They give you what's going on in a negative light. Everything's in a negative light. It's not going to build faith. It's an evil report. It, when are you going to open up a news network and start watching and they're going to start agreeing with the word of God? And say, well, you know, things are going, you know, there really is an antichrist agenda at large. But I want those of you that are watching this Fox News broadcast to understand that though it's getting darker in the world, it's getting brighter for the children of God. <laughs> like, you're never going to hear that. I don't care who's broadcasting. You're not going to hear that on the news networks. It's getting brighter for the children of God. You're not going to hear it. The path of the just. How many of you know the Bible declares the path of the just is a shining light? You're not going to hear it tonight at tonight at 11, how the body of Christ is going to new levels in 2023. You're not going to hear it. It's going to be a contradiction of what God said over your life, over your family, over your ministry, over your business. It's going to be a contradiction. It's an evil report. And I don't receive it in Jesus name. Businesses are closing down. Interest rates are too high. We will never close down in Jesus name. We will only increase. We will only advance. You will always increase as you're faithful. You will always advance. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Read the Bible. It never mattered what was going on in the world. Old Testament, New Testament. It did not matter what was going on in the world. New Testament church. It was a death sentence to be a Christian until the third century with Constantine. Killing them left and right, murdering them, feeding them to lions, cutting off their heads, you know, whatever. Did that stop God's plan? Did it stop the church from expanding? Did it stop the church from moving forward? Absolutely not. It flourished in a time of crisis. Though the devil was going after Christians, it flourished. The word of God was copied and went around the world. Churches were formed around the world. People came in by the hundreds of thousands for two centuries when it was a death sentence. You can't stop God. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter what's going on. And so that's the whole word of God. That's Old Testament and new. 
can't stop God. And so I refuse to let an evil report manipulate my thinking about what's possible. I want you to put this in the comments, make it a life choice. You ready? Don't let an evil report manipulate your thinking about what's possible. That's what I want you to put. Don't let an evil report manipulate your thinking about what's possible. Don't let an evil report manipulate your thinking about what's possible. Well, now's not really the time to start that business. Now's not the time to launch into that ministry. Now's not the time to... Don't let an evil report manipulate your thinking about what's possible. This world does not determine what's possible for you. This world does not determine what's possible for your God. He's not hindered by this world. He's not hindered by governments. He's not hindered by economies. He's not hindered by economies. Look what's going on in Nigeria right now. They're in severe recession and they're building some of the largest churches that have ever been built in the world. This world system does not hinder God's plan. God's not hindered by an economy, by a leader, by a government, by a culture. He's not limited. Your God is able. Your God is able. And finally, number five, the fifth reason I don't turn it on in my home ever is because I value peace and joy. That's why. I value peace and joy. So what do, you mean, what do you mean by that? There's no question about it that if you allow this to reign in your home, quote unquote, have free reign on all the time, constantly pushing that uh, message out into your atmosphere, it will steal peace and joy. There's no question. There's no question. Because the only way to stop it from doing that is to have an overabundance of preaching and teaching of God's word versus the overabundance of the news. But if you're leaving it on all day, when are you putting on the preaching and teaching that's going to give you more and fill your heart than you are the report of this world? Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. It doesn't say that what's in your heart comes out. It says what's in the abundance of your heart what you filled your heart with, what you filled your heart with. If I fill myself with God's word, if I fill myself with preaching and teaching, then I, yeah, I may have seen some headlines this week. I may have seen what's going on in the nation. I might be scrolling my Twitter feed, see a Fox News article, Breitbart, whatever it might be. I may see that, but it's not filling my heart. The thing that's filling my heart is the word of God. The thing that's filling my heart is preaching and teaching. So let me tell you what's going to happen. When I speak, it's not going to be uh, the headlines that I saw. That's not the abundance of my heart. The abundance of my heart is the word of God. The abundance of my heart is uh, what I've been putting in from the spirit of God. It's not going to stop me. It's not going to stop me and it's not going to stop you. I like that row. I fall asleep at night with Bible teaching on. Hey, Evangelist Taylor. So I want you to get this in your spirit. I value peace and joy. And I take very seriously the cultivation 
of peace and joy. We cultivate it. It doesn't happen automatically. It's not something that just uh, by chance comes to pass. No, no, I cultivate. Please put that in the comments. I cultivate peace and joy. It's like if you're, if you're growing a garden, anybody that's done any gardening, those don't accidentally come up the right way. When I was growing up, we had neighbors who had a really good sized garden in their yard in West Virginia. Good size. I'm talking, it was probably, I would guess, 12 feet wide by maybe 20 feet or more long. It's a good sized garden. And um, they would grow vegetables and they'd bring us some tomatoes, cucumbers, onions, different things. And um, I'd watch them out there and they'd be out there caring for that, going through, pulling weeds, fertilizing, going through, pruning all the different things they need. If they had to finally tie up the tomatoes on a stick or on a, a cage so that they wouldn't uh, break the, the vines and everything, I'd watch them do it. And the stuff that was produced that came off of that, it was all very, very good. There's nothing better to me than a summer salad. If you've ever had that where you chop up the tomatoes and the onions and the cucumbers in the balsamic dressing. I love summer salad. And um, I don't know if that's the proper name for it. Is that right, Tiff? Is it called summer salad? Something like that. That's about what it is, right? Yes, it does sound delicious. Um, I love that. And there's nothing better than when it comes from somebody's garden, absolutely fresh out of the ground. Um, But let me tell you something. Um, That didn't happen accidentally. They had to plant seeds. They then had to care for what was happening with those seeds. They cultivated it. They fertilized it. They made sure they pulled the weeds. They pruned the plants. They made sure they kept animals out of the garden from destroying what they'd planted. And let me tell you, that's what the news is like. It's like animals coming into your garden and destroying what you've planted from the word, destroying your peace. I want to cultivate that so that fruit is produced in my life, but it's being destroyed by animals that are coming in to steal, to tear up the ground, to tear up the seed, to tear up what has been planted through God's word. Remember the Bible, this is in alignment with the scripture. The Bible calls the word of God a seed that's planted into your heart. Your heart is the good ground. Don't forget that the people who are thorny ground, according to scripture, are those who allow the cares of this world to choke out what was planted. How do you, how do the cares of this world even enter your mind? Through the the negative reports of what's going on in the world. And so I refuse. I'm cultivating joy and peace. I'm cultivating joy and peace. Bill's right. Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't even let a newspaper in his home. Didn't even let a newspaper in. I mean, there was a time that Dr. Summerall went to see him and um, thinking he would look like a a, a very well-to-do English gentleman. He had on his three-piece suit with his umbrella and his newspaper and his hat. And when Smith Wigglesworth answered the door to meet Dr. Summerall, and he was a young man, uh, Summerall at the time, he said, you can come in but you can leave that outside in the bushes. And that was the, that was the newspaper. He said, in this house, we only read the Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. Brother Summerall was actually, not Brother Summerall, Brother Wigglesworth was actually illiterate. And he, he learned to read by reading the Bible. And the Bible was the only thing he read. 
He was just a plumber. He was an illiterate plumber from Bradford, England. And then God got a hold of his wife, and then God got a hold of him. And he learned to read through reading the Bible, and that's all that he read. And he said, that can't come in. That doesn't come into my house. We read the word of God. And so you're cultivating fruit. What am I cultivating? Joy, peace, and faith. Joy, peace, and faith. That's what I'm cultivating. Amen. Joy, peace, and faith. I want that in my life. The Bible says we're talking about two of the three elements that make up the kingdom of God. Actually, we're talking about three of them, all three of them. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm cultivating that in my life, and I know you are. And I'm not saying it's a sin to watch the news. I'm not trying to condemn you if you have it on or you watch it. I'm saying that it's probably a better choice not to fill your house with it nonstop. And there's people, and you know them. That's all they talk about. It's all they do. Oh, brother, did you hear what's going on? I refuse to let it control my atmosphere. I refuse to let it tear down the fruit that's being built and grown in my heart and in my life. We're not going to have a house of anxiety. We're not going to have a house of depression. We're not going to have a house where we don't have strength because our joy has been stolen. We're not going to have a house of restlessness, sleeplessness. It's not going to be in my house in Jesus' name. We have a house that's filled with joy. We have a house that's filled with peace. We have a house that's filled with rest and strength. And we're keeping it that way by guarding our hearts and minds. Glory to God. Let me give you one more scripture before I pray for you today. And this is going to help you immensely. Turn with me to um, Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Let me, let me give you this. Because the way that this is worded will we'll let you understand the purpose of peace. The purpose of peace. Philippians chapter four and verse seven. Listen to this now. Well, actually, let's start reading in verse four. Philippians four, four through seven. Put it in the comments. Philippians four, four through seven. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your um, reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord's at hand. Verse six, do not be anxious about anything. You see that? So when you're anxious, you are contradicting a command from scripture. That is disobedience to a command from the apostle, which is inspired by the Holy Ghost and it's for the body of Christ. Do not be anxious about anything. That's a command. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. But now look at verse seven. And now he's saying, and when you do this with everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. And when you do this, look, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Get that. Come on. The peace of God that does what? 
goes beyond human understanding, what will it do? Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So peace is a shield. Hallelujah. Peace is a Holy Ghost shield that guards your heart, that guards your mind in Christ Jesus. I love you, Pastor Dave and Celeste. Love you very much. And I'm still praying for you, by the way. And I want you to know that peace is guarding your heart. It's guarding your mind. I refuse to be anxious. I refuse to be depressed. I want you to put that in the comments before we pray. I refuse to be anxious. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be anxious. I refuse to be depressed. Put it in the comments. Father, I'm praying for every person that's watching me now live or on the replay. And I ask you today to touch them right where they are. We refuse to be anxious as your word commands. We refuse to be depressed. And today I ask you if there's been an attack against their mind, an attack of fear, anxiety, an attack of depression or heaviness, those that are even battling suicidal thoughts. Today we take authority over it in Jesus' name. We command it to loose its grip and let go. Today we rejoice. Today we give thanks. Today we praise you for your goodness. We ask you, Lord, let that garment of praise take over where a spirit of heaviness once remained in Jesus' name. And as we give you praise, as we give you thanks, as we pray, we thank you that your peace is guarding us. Every lie of the devil has to loose and let go. We refuse to believe the deception. We refuse to believe the manipulation. Today we declare we have peace, we have joy, we have strength. We give you honor and glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you receive that today, throw those hands up, emoji hand praise in the comments and give God thanks that peace belongs to you, that joy belongs to you, that strength belongs to you, that your mind and your heart are guarded today by the presence of the most high God. Hallelujah. That's it. I refuse to be anxious. I refuse to be depressed in Jesus mighty name, in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what we're going to do in the month of uh, September? We want to give you a gift for those that are sowing uh, into this ministry. Do you know Dr. Michael Brown answered the question that uh, needs to be answered in our generation? And that is the answer about this LGBTQIA society and culture and community. Can you be gay and Christian? This is something that comes up Uh, So often now in our culture, there's churches that are affirming. There are churches that are ordaining homosexuals. This is something your kids are battling on a daily basis at school, this thought process that if you don't love people and accept their actions, that you're not truly a Christian. You're not truly in love, walking in love. And so he answers this question so masterfully in this book, Can You Be Gay and Christian? Uh, It affects every one of our lives in 2022. This is our gift to those of you that are sowing in the month of September. Uh, You can go to miracleword.com and forward slash offer to claim this uh, book. Let us know where to send it. Dr. Michael Brown, uh, a a great teacher of the word of God. And though I may not agree with everything that he uh, believes in, for example, 
Uh, he takes a different position on Bible prophecy than we do, on the rapture than we do. But in this area and in the hyper grace book that I recommended to you, he is on the money. And so um, I want you to get this. This, is, this will help you. And for those of you that are sowing, I say thank you. You can go to miracleword.com and sow a seed today. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, to partner with me and Carolyn and uh, on a monthly basis as we're seeing souls saved and people changed by the power of God. And uh, I say thank you. We love our partners very much and we pray for you every single week. And we're getting ready to see you because we've got coming up the Victory Tribe homecoming weekend, October the 28th and the 29th in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Cannot wait to see you. Holy Ghost service on Friday night which is open to everybody that wants to come. All the details are on the website. And we've got brunch together on the 29th, which is Saturday. And um, if you have an RSVP, you need to. I think there's only just a couple of spots now left, but we want to see you there. I think we have like 150 some people coming to be a part of the brunch. And so we want to see you there. We've got some big announcements, some news, things that are happening moving forward with Miracle Word that we cannot wait to share with you. Yes, Ninja, there will be cake pops there and available from the wonderful Brittany Lukens, uh, who will be bringing them and, uh, and we will be able to see the glory once again manifested in our mouths uh, like manna from heaven when we bite into those cake pops. I hope that there's pink lemonade available because that's my favorite flavor. Listen to me, Britt, if you're listening. Britt, get it in your spirit. Pink lemonade cake pops. I love them. They actually got me through security, through into the pre-check line before I even had pre-check because the pre-check agents were like, what are those? And I was like, those are cake pops. They said, do you have enough for us? I said, absolutely. I popped open the Tupperware, gave them some. They said, come on right through this line. And I skipped an entire line. I would have missed my flight. But thanks to Brit's cake pops. That's a live testimonial, Britt. I don't know why you're not clipping this and using it on your social media. Hashtag business ideas. This will change your life. Uh, cake pops. We will have them there for you. We don't want to miss you in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I love you all so very much. And uh, thank you for hanging with me today. I will see you again in the morning, 1030. I'm back in Florida. I love you. Talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.